Intermission, people. Grand. I suppose this means our cue will come soon. We'll be coming on stage, finally, now that the second act will begin. Now that Joe is done hogging the spotlight. And Ulysses is done sitting in his shadow. Ah, she'll get the lead next month. It's so tedious sitting behind the scenes. We should probably prepare. Intermission, curtain in 20. Thank you, 20. Joe, my boy, we've put on a good show so far. I don't think so. I know I rushed a bit in those early scenes. Yeah, but you got your mojo back. Act two will be sublime. Yeah, maybe. You want to run some lines from it just to refresh, make sure we're on track? No, dude, come on. You're psyching yourself out. Don't overthink. You need to take a step back. Let's rehearse some from next month's show. You mean the Scottish play? I the Scottish play. But we've been doing Brooklyn accents. If we start into Scottish, I don't know if I can switch back once Act 2 rolls around. So we won't do the accents. I don't know. Come on, please. Fine. Where do you want to run from? Let's do Act 1, Scene 3, Enter Macbeth and Banquo. We don't have any witches. Don't look at us. We'll just skip their parts. It'll be fine. Come on. <sighs> fine. Okay. Act one, scene three. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. <laughs> what? That was so lame. You think you can do better? Oh, no. None of us could measure up to you, Joe. You keep doing what you're doing. Excuse me, but Trix obviously has some criticism. And I'd like to know what it is. She just doesn't think your heart is in it. I mean, you want the role of Macbeth, but you don't really want it. What's that supposed to mean? Ignore them. Come on, let's start again. Just forget everything but Macbeth. Go. <sighs> so foul and fair a day I have not seen. How far is it called to forest? What are these, so withered and so wild in their attire, that look not like the inhabitants of the earth, and yet are on it? Live you? Or are you aught that man may question? You seem to understand me, but each at once her choppy finger laying upon her skinny lips. You should be women, and yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so. Speak, if you can. What are you? Totally wrong. What? Where'd you come from? The wings. Anyway, you're doing it wrong. You are a director now? Stage manager, so basically, yeah. Fine. What am I doing wrong? Well, think about it. Right here, Macbeth has just gotten back from a military campaign. He is exhausted, right? Do something with that. Like what? Like, maybe he's not sure whether he's seen things or not, and after everything he's been through on the battlefield, doubtless he'd prefer to believe he's not seen another horror. And maybe he's not. Or maybe this is how his brain is realizing the horrors that he has come to realize already exist within his soul. So wait, you're saying that Macbeth is a PTSD play and that it's all in his head? Not that it is, but maybe he thinks it is. No, okay, I got it. That makes sense. Ulysses, let's go again. From where? The top. Ready? So foul and fair a day I have not seen. Good. 
How far is it called to Torres? What are these, so withered and so wild in their attire, that look not like the inhabitants of the earth, and yet are on it? Live you? Or are you aught that man may question? You seem to understand me, but each at once her choppy finger laying upon her skinny lips. You should be women, and yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so. Speak, if you can. What are you? Ah, I start. Good sir. Why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound so fair? In the name of truth, are ye fantastical, or that indeed which outwardly ye show? My noble partner you greet with present grace, and great prediction of noble having and of royal hope, that he seems rapt withal. To me you speak not. If you can look into the seeds of time, and say which grain will grow, and which will not, speak then to me, who neither beg, nor fear your favors, nor your hate. Oh, I liked that. Me too. Very good, Ulysses. Proud of you. Lots of feeling. Thanks. All right. Hey, ten to places, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, ten. Moses, come with me. There's an issue with your quick change. Anon, I come. Anon. Come on, let's keep going. From your, if you can look. Okay. If you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not, speak then to me, who neither beg nor fear your favors nor your hate. Into the air, and what seems... You missed. Stay, you imperfect speakers. No one asked you, Trix. She's right, though. Okay, fine. You're the expert. Stay, you imperfect speakers. Tell me more. Uh, you need to mean it. It's a line. No, she means now you've heard some riddles, and maybe it's not boding well for you, because the witches told you that you'd be king. But now they're saying that Banquo's kids will be king, and you want to know what that means for you. And what it means that Banquo will be greater and happier. Well, it's hard to react when we don't have witches to feed me the lie. Joe, come on, we're just rehearsing. Just run their lines in your head before the response. I memorized my lines, Ulysses. I'm flipping Macbeth. Do you know how many lines I have? Do you want Trix to read the witch's lines? No, it's fine. Just let's go for my line. Okay, ready. Stay, you imperfect speakers. Tell me more. By Sinnel's death, I know I am Thane of Glamis, but how of Cawdor? The Thane of Cawdor lives, a prosperous gentleman, and to be king stands not within the prospect of belief. Stands not within the prospect of belief. Emphasize the right words, Joe. Stands not within the prospect of belief, no more than to be Cawdor. Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting. Speak, I charge you. Poof. Thanks. The earth hath bubbles, as the water has, and these are of them. Whither are they vanished? Into the air, and what seemed corporal melted as breath into the wind. Would they had stayed? Were such things here as we do speak about? Or we have we eaten on the insane root that takes the reason prisoner? Your children shall be kings. You shall be king. And Thane of Cawdor, too, went it not so? To the self-same tune in words, who's here? 
Well, Peanut Gallery, what did you think? Eh, I don't know. I'm just not buying that Macbeth is really conflicted about this whole thing. Like, he's basically getting the kingdom handed to him on a silver platter, as far as he knows. But maybe it won't be his? So he really wants it, but he's afraid to tell Banquo that he wants it. Yeah, so when he says, and Thane of Cawdor too, he's really excited and trying really hard to contain himself. Thank you, Ulysses. Man, is there anything I did right? You got all your lines down. After that one slip-up. Great. Maybe you just need to work a different aspect of the character. How about the dagger monologue? It's pretty iconic. You get all the characters' conflict, guilt, greed, self-sabotaging, and bloodlust. What, and you'll sit there and give me pointers? Sure, if that works for you. Sure, why not? Um, can you give me a lead-in? Sure. Macbeth just said, good repose the while, so Banquo responds, thanks, sir, the like to you. Okay. Go bid thy mistress, when my drink is ready, she strike upon the bell. Get thee to bed. Is this a dagger which I see before me? Be afraid, Joe. Yes, fear. Can I get more than three lines in before you chime in? Fine, we'll be quiet. As the grave. Is this a dagger which I see before me, the handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. Ulysses, care to come in here a minute? Props needs you. Coming. Keep going, Joe, you're getting it down. Well, this is awkward. What, to rehearse in front of an audience of two? Or maybe just girls? Girls? What? No. Just... I don't know. It's weird. Pretend we're not here. Look away! Pretend the room is empty. Fine. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come! Let me clutch thee! I have thee not, and yet... I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? I see thee yet in form as palpable as this which I now draw. Thou marshalest me the way that I was going, and such an instrument I was to use. Mine eyes are made the fools of the other senses, or else worth all the rest. I see thee still, and on thy blade and dudgeon gouts of blood, which was not so before. There's no such thing. It's the bloody business which informs thus to mine eyes. Now o'er the one half-world nature seems dead, and wicked dreams abuse the curtained sleep. Witchcraft celebrates pale Hecate's offerings and withered murder. Alarmed by his sentinel, the wolf, whose howls his watch, thus with his stealthy pace, with Tarkin's ravishing strides towards his design, moves like a ghost. 
thou sure and firm set earth hear not my steps which way they walk for fear thy very stones prate of my whereabout and take the present horror from the time which now suits it while i treat he lives words to the heat of deeds too cold breath gives i go and it is done the bell invites me hear it not duncan for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven or to hell well yeah good seemed fine what no feedback no critiques nah all good were you even listening mm-hmm no oh yeah of course totally you were reading and playing solitaire you weren't listening at all to be fair i've been reading since act one and i haven't quit even once i had been playing cards with moses i just kept playing when he left Ugh, you guys suck two to places thank, thank you, you too. too you staying here joe i'm not on for a couple scenes all right see you in a couple scenes Gotta practice, gotta practice. Okay. Act four, scene one. I enter and I say, How now, you secret black and midnight hags? What is it you do? And they say, A deed without a name. I conjure you by that which you profess, however you come to know it. Answer me. Yo, come here. Yes, someone called? Okay, where was I? Though you untie the winds and let them fight against the churches, though the yesty waves confound and swallow navigation up, though bladed corn be lodged and trees blown down, though castles topple on their warders' heads, though palaces and pyramids do slope their heads to their foundations, though the treasure of nature's Germans tumble altogether, even till destruction sicken, Answer me to what I ask you. Yo! What? Ugh, whatever. Uh, da, 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 da. Call him. Let me see him. Tell me thy unknown power. Whate'er thou art, for thy good caution, thanks. Thou hast harped my fear aright, but one word more. No! 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 Had I three ears, I'd hear thee. Seriously, guys, what? If you need me, come get me. Then live, Macduff, what need I fear of thee? But yet I'll make assurance double sure and take a bond of fate. Thou shalt not live, that I may tell pale-hearted fear it lies and sleep in spite of thunder. Go! Go! What is this that rises like the issue of a king and wears upon his baby brow the round and top of sovereignty? Go! Come away! Go! That will never be. Who can impress the forest, bid the tree, unfix his earthbound root, sweet bodiments, good, rebellious dead, rise never, till the wood of Burnham rise, and our high-placed Macbeth shall live the lease of nature, pay his breath to time and mortal custom. Yet my heart throbs to know one thing. Tell me, if your art can tell so much shall banquo's issue ever reign in this kingdom joe seek to know no more i 
will be satisfied. Deny me this, and an eternal curse fall on you. Let me know. Ugh. Oh, I'm not remembering. Let me know. Nope. Gone. Oh, well. I'm probably fine. Intermission is brought to you by the fine and proper gentlefolk of the Tapestry Initiative. Today's episode, Macbeth Annotated, was written and directed by Michael Lilienthal and produced by Michael Lilienthal and Ethan Bartlett. It starred the voice talents of Lydia Grabow, Catherine Larson, Sarah Lilienthal, Karen Bartlett, Michael Lilienthal, and Ethan Bartlett. Additional episodes and information about other Tapestry Radio programs can be found at tapestryradio.org. Sound effects from freesound.org, Third Movement of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata by Bernd Kruger, used under a Creative Commons 2.0 license. Do you like scotch? Do you like books? I'm Michael. I'm Ethan. And we also like scotch and books. We do. That's why we decided to do a podcast. It's called Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch. Where we talk about books. But not scotch. Not scotch. We are drinking the scotch in that room. With the books. But we're not allowed to talk about the scotch. Or we suffer the penalty. What's the penalty, Ethan? The penalty is that the loser, being the person who mentions the scotch, has to perform a verbal stunt as prescribed by the winner, being the person who does not mention the scotch. It's a lot of fun. So if you like scotch and books, and talking about books but not scotch, then join us for Michael and Ethan in a room with scotch. Please? Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener, obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about, offered unto you in the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org, from our fancy to yours. Mm-hmm.